Welcome to Also Cool Sounds Like. This season, we're featuring the stories and creative journeys of Montreal musicians. We're having conversations about where their musical inspiration comes from, what keeps them going, and what finding their place in the Montreal music scene has been like. I'm your host, Gwen. And I'm your other host, Aviva. Each episode, one of us interviews a musician or band to learn about their craft. Who do we get to hear from today? I had the pleasure of sitting down and speaking with Maurice. She's a hyper-pop, dreamy pop artist who's really taking off in Montreal right now. Yeah, I think she has a new album coming out, right? Yes, she was very secretive during our interview and wouldn't say too much, but I think we're at liberty to say now that the album is called Eight, and it's coming out on May 6th. And Maurice is also kind of TikTok famous, yes, right? Yes, yeah. I remember last year... Like five different people sent me this TikTok of someone rating different kinds of Montreal icicles, but I didn't realize at the time that that was Marie's. And then it was funny. We got to sit down and talk with her. And I think she will be playing soon in Montreal as well, the pre-release of her album. So we'll make sure to plug that at the end. Uh, Yeah, well, why don't we just hop into it? Welcome to the show. Our sponsor for today's episode is Dispatch Coffee. Visit www.dispatchcoffee.ca to try a coffee bag for home or coffee subscription today and get 20% off your first order when you use code ALSOCOOL at checkout. I'm Marise. I'm a bilingual alt-pop singer-songwriter. I make music in French and English, and I'm based here in Montreal, originally from Vancouver. So how would you describe the music that you make? I would say it's definitely under the pop umbrella, and I call it stormy sweet alt-pop. It's got a bit of an edge, but then it's also got some sweetness. It's electronic, a little bit of hyperpop influence, and then also some good old emo vibes. (laughs) How long have you been playing music? Like, how did you start your musical journey? I have been playing music pretty much as long as I can remember. I started taking vocal lessons as a kid around five, six years old, and then I studied vocal jazz and was in the jazz choir in high school and started just kind of playing smaller local shows and, you know, open mics and that kind of thing. And around 18, I joined my first band, and that was more of a rock, indie rock band, which was awesome. It was me and a few of my really close friends uh, in Victoria. Every band since has kind of gotten smaller and smaller. That was a pretty large, like, six-piece band that then I was in a smaller electronic group called Spectre Gates, which was a few of us, and then Seaborn, which was just me and my partner as an electronic duo. And then in 2018, so four years ago, I finally made the jump to my solo project, which was always kind of the goal, but I always kind of thought that I couldn't do it on my own. And then I realized that I could, and here I am. (laughs) What do you like about making music on your own then? I think there's not only just more creative control. For me, it's not so much about the control. It's more just about the full expression. Collaborating is great, but sometimes also I'll be shy to present ideas that are really personal when I'm working with other people. Whereas if I'm writing alone, I can really 
delve into those emotions and explore them fully without feeling like I'm holding back because I'm shy or embarrassed about whatever feeling that might be. So yeah, it's allowed me to also kind of get to know myself better, even the ugly sides, just (laughs) sitting with my emotions and being like, okay, I feel that that's okay. Let myself feel it and kind of work through it. And writing helps a lot with that. Could you maybe just talk a little bit about your songwriting process and like where things start and how you get the creativity flowing? I don't think I ever know exactly when it's going to happen. I feel like it's kind of cliche to just say, you know, the spark just happens and you have to grab it. But that kind of feels true to me. You know, I find often when my my mind is at ease, if I'm not super stressed out or super busy with a hundred other things, that's when these ideas can kind of flow in. Like when I was finishing my album, my brain was just in no way wired to be creating new stuff. But as soon as it ended and there was this openness in my mind, it was like all these ideas were just waiting to kind of sprout back up. Or I'm just like super stressed and need to get out <laughs> all these thoughts and words down on paper. So kind of one one or the other. I usually start with just a line or something that's been playing in my head, some lyrics, and then I'll sit down at the piano and try to kind of give it a loose accompaniment, nothing too fancy, but just kind of some chords to go with it and explore that. But then I always kind of hit this wall where I'm like, okay, I have a few lines, that's fine. Like I'll come back to it. And I really need to force myself to just keep going through it because it is sometimes hard to return to an idea and be on the same kind of wavelength that you were on when you were starting to write it. And then it's almost like you're not honoring the song if you don't see it through, I find. And in the past few years, started learning production a bit more. And I have a couple songs on the album that are produced by me fully, which is exciting. I'm still learning. I'd like to be self-sufficient fully, but I generally, I take my ideas to a producer, workshop with them, and then, you know, record maybe some cleaner vocals and we, we keep workshopping until it feels like it's right. And yeah, then record the final vocals. And I'm, I'm usually pretty present for all my vocal production. I like to, yeah, I like to be in the studio. I don't really like to just step aside and eh, that makes me sound like really controlling, but I don't, I, I like to just kind of like help craft these little baby songs. I want to make sure that they're shaping up the way that they need to. Maurice writes in both English and French. I asked her about how she chooses which language to start writing in. I feel like if I try to make myself write in one language or the other, that's when I kind of get blocked. Back in the day, I used to write in French when I didn't want people to understand, because growing up in Vancouver, the Francophone community is pretty small, and it was a way to kind of be able to share and perform songs without necessarily anyone knowing what I was saying, so it was still kind of almost keeping it like in a journal, an open journal that people couldn't quite decipher. Uh, But being in Montreal now, everyone knows what I'm singing. So I kind of lose that anonymity. Oh, yeah. Are there any examples of secret messages from songs that you wrote in Vancouver that you can think of? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I think, okay, yeah, kind of juicy, I guess. Um, When I was performing in my first band and I you know had a crush on one of the band members but I was 18 19 and wanted to be taken very seriously and not 
be involved in a romance with a bandmate. So I <laughs> was, um, I guess, just kind of channeling that into the song. So I remember there was a couple songs that I wrote about one of the band members who didn't know what I was saying. And it was kind of just like, I don't know, you know, I'm so into you, but I can't act on it kind of thing, which was cute. And then we ended up getting together. So I guess my secret message paid off. (laughs) That is cute. released her debut EP, Like Moons. On it is the single B.O.Y., Because of You. The music video was directed by Also Cool Magazine's very own Olaika Astorga. Maurice talked about what the song is about and how it was received. Yeah, Because of You. So it's interesting performing it live because I always kind of preface that people think that it's about a boy and talking to an ex. Um... But it was really a conversation I was having with myself because I was just not treating myself properly and holding myself back and just being really self-destructive at the time. So it was this kind of conversation to my own psyche being like, because of you, you know, you missed on these chances, you hurt relationships and this kind of thing and letting whatever part of my brain was um, messing with me know that it wasn't going to keep doing that. I mean, we hold ourselves back, I think, more than anyone else does. So I was just being like, you know what? You suck. (laughs) And I don't really need to keep living in this fear and destruction that I've self-imposed on myself. The song means a lot to me because it was the first song that I released as a solo artist and I had no idea how it was going to go and how people would receive it and it was a lot more personal than past material Um, and then it it kind of went viral like it was on Spotify's viral 50 Canada chart it was like going up the charts and racking in all these streams it felt like something much bigger than just my friends and family listening to my music and It was the first song, I think, that also kind of connected me to strangers um, on the internet where there was a lot of people who I didn't know who were saying how it resonated for them and made them feel seen and their experiences feel valid. So, yeah, it's a song that means a lot to me and it kind of opened up this new story that is my current music project. What topics do you tend to gravitate towards then when you're writing? I mean, usually just sad, depressing stuff, honestly, uh, is the easiest thing to write about. And even my more shiny, seemingly happy songs kind of come from a darker place. So I think it's a lot easier for me to write about tougher emotions. Whereas if I'm writing a love song, it's it often feels kind of corny and difficult to, to feel like I'm really tapping into those 
true love, positive emotions, more difficult to transmit them in a way that I feel is unique and doesn't feel too corny. But I want to write I want to write more love songs and happy songs too, because I can't always be sad. So I'm hoping to, I guess, allow myself to go there and not feel like it's too cringe. Our sponsor for today's episode is Dispatch Coffee. Dispatch delivers traceable and ethically sourced coffee from small scale farms to doorsteps across Canada. Their beans are expertly roasted in Montreal, which ensures your coffee will be fresher and higher quality than what you can get in the grocery store. Visit www.dispatchcoffee.ca to try a coffee bag for home or coffee subscription today and get 20% off your first order when you use Also Cool at checkout. FBP, Female Brad Pitt, is a pandemic banger that Marie's released in 2021. The song really embodies some of the lightheartedness she has been experimenting with. Yeah. yeah, so Female Brad Pitt, I wrote with Margot last spring, and it's kind of that time of the year where it's spring-ish, but there's still snow on the ground, and you're really getting a bit stir-crazy. It was wanting just those fun summer vibes and driving down the highway with your friends, like screaming your favorite music, and also being broke and still feeling like the shit i don't have any money money but i still look pretty pretty rolling up to the party party everybody says where she get that fit i don't have any money money but i still look pretty, pretty we don't have that much money right now but we have our friends and we can still look really cute and have fun it was really just about like having fun with your friends and I've never put out a song like that before and Margot and I just had a lot of fun writing it and we're laughing really hard and to me it, it just kind of embodies joy and lightheartedness and, and just like being sparkly and cute. I'm the queen bee, I'm the female Brad Pitt. Luxury, luxury, I covered all the accessories, gimme, gimme, why um, was Brad Pitt the um, energy that you decided to feminize and channel for this then? Because I feel like Brad Pitt was the heartthrob for a while back in the day, and the song kind of has this nostalgic Y2K vibe to it. Mm. And also we have the same birthday, <laughs> December 18th, so um, I don't know, Brad Pitt and I, we're, we have a kinship. Twins. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, I mean, honestly. <laughs> same person. Yeah. I loved watching the music video for this because it felt very like familiar. The streets that you've seen and walked a million times. But what was it like making the music video for you for this song? It was so much fun. It was just a lot of my closest friends and then a lot of the queer community and other artists coming together and just having a party. And it was at a point last summer where we could have you know a certain amount of people together but we hadn't really hung out in a group in a while so I mean it was all shot outdoors but it was just it was kind of ecstatic we were all back together with our friends and dancing around and like day drinking and scootering down the street and going thrift shopping so it was just like a really fun day 
caught on camera. I feel like when I'm old, I'm going to look back on that music video and just feel really nostalgic and happy. (laughs) Your videos that I watched, it seemed like fashion and a certain aesthetic plays into your music videos. Do you feel like visual aesthetics are part of your creative process then? Yeah, I think so. Um, Fashion has always meant a lot to me. I've always been someone who, if I'm not you know, comfortable in the clothes I'm wearing or the look that I'm presenting, it gets kind of dysphoric and I just feel like really uncomfortable in my own skin. I think that as I grow into my own gender identity as well, I've kind of realized how much I have used fashion and makeup and and hair and all this other kind of aesthetic presenting um, components to fully kind of get into the performance mode and to fit the song that I'm writing. And again, it's all just kind of moving into that full true expression and fashion is definitely a big way to do that. But it still feels like it's, it's you then, even if you're trying to use it as a transformation. Yeah. It's almost like a form of drag that also amplifies my true self. So it's, it's like stepping into these different characters that I feel are all me, but that kind of shapeshift depending on the song or the context or the show. But sometimes I do feel, especially if I'm going hyper feminine, I I feel like I am doing like drag of woman (laughs) and being like, okay, so what does femininity mean to me and how do I envision that and step into it as a kind of performance piece? I... I'm not really a feminine person in my everyday life. And, you know, I'm still I'm still figuring out my gender identity currently using she they pronouns. And I think I've always just felt quite gender fluid. It's interesting because sometimes working with directors, I feel for music videos, they want me to step into that feminine role. And I'm realizing that that's not really how I want to be presenting anymore. Or if I am, I want it to kind of be clear that it's it's for that particular piece and that it can also, the pendulum can swim back the other way and just kind of like fully express that, that whole spectrum of gender. Maurice took ballet and hip hop dance classes growing up, but never really considered herself to be a dancer. On camera, she comes across as fluid, and her movements are relaxed, despite saying she finds choreography pretty challenging. I really enjoy, you know, floor work. I've done some burlesque and some pole dancing, and to me, movement is just kind of, yeah, another extension of musical expression. I actually just shot a music video where I I hired a choreographer, and working with her was amazing. Oh my gosh, dancing is so, it's it's absolutely incredible to me that people can just learn all these steps and memorize them so quickly and look so natural within them because anytime there's a more prescribed choreography, I feel like I just, my body is just like jerky and awkward and takes a while to kind of adjust to the moves. Uh, so that was, a, that was a really fun challenge for me my first kind of official choreography in a music video that wasn't just something made up by me and very simple. So I'm, I'm really excited to step into that further as well. Cause I feel like it's always been an interest of mine, but I've, I've, I've kind of limited myself to just being decent at it and not wanting to take it to the next level. Maurice has another hidden talent, which is being really funny on TikTok. 
Last year, she made a video that went viral, one where she rates Montreal's icicles. Montreal's deadliest icicles, starting with this one, very bad position, directement above your apartment, and just when you think you're safe, you look up, there is a second one, I give it 8 out of 10. Ah oui, the famous double trouble, there are two rows of icicles, double the icicles, double the pain, 9 out of 10. I asked her about it and whether or not it impacted her musical following. The viral video with the icicles was super funny that it took off so much and to see all the ripple effects of that. And it has actually, it really boosted my listenership, which was awesome. Um, and I would like to make a follow-up to it. There's this kind of pressure because people have been asking for a follow-up. So I feel like when I make a part two, it has to be really good. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'm just kind of, I've collected footage of icicles over the past year because it came out almost a year ago. And I'm just uh, waiting for the right moment to weave it weave it all together. All right, well, stay tuned, everyone, <laughs> for the next TikTok that comes out. You can hear all sorts of influences in Marisa's music, from pop stars to emo. I asked her where her inspiration comes from and how they play out in her music. I grew up in you know, the the early 2000s. So I was hearing a lot of R&B on the radio. Destiny's Child was one of my favorite groups back in the day and one of the first shows I saw live. So yeah, R&B was big and obviously just kind of the pop icons back in the day, the Britneys and the Christinas, just like strong women. And then Lady Gaga has been one of my loves and influences <laughs> since high school, I guess. And she really inspires me in a lot of ways. I think the emo influences, I was really into Fall Out Boy in high school, like in love with that band. And I still am. Honestly, they're still one of my favorite bands and I don't care if that's embarrassing. So yeah, that kind of whole world, like the emo scene world was really interesting and fun back in the day. And I feel like some of that, the kind of pop punk style vocals once in a while will come out of me. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? And I'm like, oh yeah, Avril Lavigne, makes sense. What do you love about making music? It's the only thing that has ever really made sense to me. It's it's pretty much the space that I feel the most comfortable in myself in and that I feel that I excel in. You know, I think it's nice to have something that you just fully trust yourself because we doubt ourselves so much in our lives, but to be able to have some kind of hobby or habit or skill that you can just fully trust yourself and let go of that fear or anxiety um, is a really wonderful thing. So music has helped me grow as a person and, and just kind of empower myself to believe in my own abilities. What can we expect from you in the future? Well, I have my debut album coming out this spring. And yeah, it's just kind of finally time for me to unveil this album that I've been working on for years and it feels surreal but it also just feels like it's time and I can't wait to hear what everyone thinks because I don't think it's necessarily going to be exactly what people expect (laughs) (laughs) um I know we can't you said you haven't decided on the release date but can we know the name of the album I haven't told anyone yet (laughs) I haven't (laughs) put it out there um but it is uh Oh gosh, what do I say? I will say that the title of the album is my favorite number 
And that's all I'll say. (laughs) I love the mystery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) After the album comes out, what kind of things then do you feel like you would like to explore further with your music? I think, I think I kind of want to let go of any kind of, um, category and genre and, and just write whatever feels good, whether that's just, you know, a song on acoustic guitar or something really stripped back. Like maybe I'll step into my Taylor Swift era and just like go into a cabin in the (laughs) woods and (laughs) write a folk album. I just like, I just want to be open to whatever possibility. And I think that the tracks on this album explore a little bit of all my influences. And, um, I, I really just don't want to limit myself. I want to be open to whatever I'm inspired by, even if that's not necessarily a genre that people associate me with, but letting myself go there and, and explore all the corners of music and what they can manifest for me. And to keep pushing myself because it's too easy to get comfortable. So I want to step out of my comfort zone and make sure that I'm making the best music that I can. Maurice, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Luxury, luxury. I covered all the accessories. Gimme, gimme dopamine. I want it all for free. This season of Also Cool Sounds Like is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Gwen Rowley, and Aviva Lassard in collaboration with Also Cool Magazine. Shout out to the Also Coolers, Malika Astorga, Zoe Argeropoulos-Hunter, and Rebecca Judd for their editorial support. Our intro music is by Jacob Lassard, and the show's artwork is designed by Christina Rivera. Check out the magazine at alsocoolmag.com or on Instagram at alsocoolmag. You'll find some bonus content of the artists you hear on this very podcast. We'll include a link to Marisa's socials and streaming in the show notes. This episode was sponsored by Dispatch Coffee. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to be featured on the show or want to recommend an artist, email us at podcast at alsocoolmag.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.